First Corinthians chapter 12. The word gifts is the word charisma, which simply means grace gifts, which means that the gifts that God gives us, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, the ministry gifts that Jesus gives to some, all of them are by grace. They come freely. That means you do not earn them, but you receive them, right? You receive them according to the desire of your heart, your passionate pursuit for pneumaticos or the things of the spirit, the spirituals. So understand that in the church at Corinth, the believers were immature. Some of them were living in sin. And yet the Holy Spirit was moving mightily through the gifts that were manifesting in the services. So we have to understand that the word charisma is a word that defines different kinds of gifts in the New Testament. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, there are five ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. Now, even the word gifts here is the word charisma. Then, in Romans chapter 12, turn there, Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 6. Having then gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us. So, the word gifts here is charisma. And it differs according to the grace given to different members of the body of Christ. Let us use them. Now, this is very important. Let us use them. How can you use something that you do not know you have? Please use your sixth finger. Can you use your sixth finger? Because you don't have a sixth finger. So most Christians cannot use it. Why? Because they've never been taught they have a gift. They do not know what gift they have. So unless you know what gift you have, depending on how the Holy Spirit has manifested consistently in your life, you will not know how to use them. All right? Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So these are seven spiritual gifts that are mentioned here. Prophecy does not mean only people who prophesy by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's also preaching. It's also a declaration of truth with conviction. Part of the call of the body of Christ is to be a prophet to the world, a prophet to society. Okay? So prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, showing mercy. Even showing mercy is a gift. Now, every Christian should have mercy. But some will have a gift, a grace on their life to be in works of mercy, acts of mercy, charity, social work. That's why they want to go and help orphans. They want to go and help the poor. Okay? Now, every Christian should have a heart for the poor. But not every Christian will have a ministry to the poor. Are you following? So these are seven spiritual gifts. They are also a work of the Holy Spirit, which means... Even these gifts come by grace. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, go there. There's another list of those that are appointed for ministry in the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles. When we say first apostles, we don't mean that they are the number one rank. All right? But in order of how Jesus did in the early church, it was first the apostles, then the prophets. They became the foundation of the early church. All right? So, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. So, this list seems to be a combination of Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. So, this is like a combination. 
apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Now even pastors need to be teachers. But here's the gift of the teacher that is mentioned here, the spiritual gift. Okay? After that, miracles, which is a working of the Holy Spirit. But some seem to be in the ministry of miracles greater than just a normal believer. Then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. All of these are ministry gifts. All of these are appointments by Jesus for ministry in a church. Okay? Are all apostles? Obviously, no. Are all prophets? Obviously, no. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. But the context is ministry. The context is not every Christian's experience. Can every Christian be an apostle? No. Is every Christian called to be a prophet? No. So this list is talking about people who minister to the body or to minister to the crowd. They are ministering in a public office, in a public ministry. We're not talking about personal relationship with God here. Yes or no? Yes. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do you all have gifts of healings? The answer here is, of course, no. But let me ask you a question. Should every Christian lay hands on the sick and pray for healing? Yes. But do all have gifts of healings? No. That minister to the body? No. Do all interpret tongues? No. Do all speak with tongues? Now, understand the context here. What is the context of 1 Corinthians 12, 28 onwards? Is it your private life or is it public ministry? Public ministry. So don't bring again your private life here. This is talking about public ministry. So, do all speak with tongues? No. But what tongues are we talking about? Private tongues or public tongues for ministry? Public tongues for ministry, which is tongues with the gift of interpretation. Different kinds of tongues. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the best gifts. So, God wants us to desire the best gifts. Let me ask you a question. Which gift do you think is the best gift? Huh? Now, let's say you go to a bar and you have the best dentist in the world, you have the best heart surgeon in the world, and you have the best bone doctor in the world. And while you were dancing in the bar, you fell down and your teeth broke. Now, you have three of the best doctors in the world. But if the heart surgeon comes, do you need him? No. Even though he's the best, he's not of much use. Which specialty do you need at that time? The dentist. So the best gift is the gift that is needed the most. At that time, there's no, there's no such thing as one gift is superior to the other. No. The best gift that is needed is the gift that is useful for that problem, for that situation. Amen. Our role is to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we are willing to yield to any manifestation of the Spirit through our lives. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But again, of course, Paul says, earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, you cannot desire the gifts. Now, Paul says in other places, prophecy. Prophecy is better than tongues. Because prophecy brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. Unless, of course, the tongues is interpreted. Okay? So, unless we know what the gifts are, we cannot desire them in our lives. So, it's important for us to know the gifts. Amen. And to understand that the gift that fulfills our situation at the time is the best gift. Okay? Now let's look at 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Quickly. Because we haven't come to the gift of the Spirit yet. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2. No, I'm sorry. 1 Timothy. Yeah. Um, it's in 2 Timothy. I'm sure, sorry. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Next Bible study, we'll talk about the doctrine of laying on of hands. And here Paul, the leader, the apostle, laid hands on Timothy. And Paul says, when I laid hands on you, God put in you a gift, a charisma, a spiritual impartation, an anointing. God put in you something through the laying on of my hands. And this is why I believe part of the equipment of the apostle is that they can lay hands and release gifts on people's life. Not by their leading, by the leading of the Spirit. Alright? So, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. So Timothy had a gift. But it was Timothy's responsibility to stir up the gift, to use the gift. Okay? And you say, Amen. Hallelujah. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Some other translations say, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Hallelujah. So that gift was also released through prophecy. It was spoken over Timothy by the laying on of hands of the eldership. So even though the gift may come to you, it is your responsibility to stir it up, be conscious of it, and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Just because God gives you a gift does not mean it will manifest automatically. Are you following me? Just like tongues, even when you receive the gift of praying in tongues, it is your choice to pray in tongues. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. So we are accountable for the gifts that we receive from the Lord. Now go to First Peter. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 10. Let's read together. One, two, three. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one. Peter believes every Christian has a gift. We don't know what gift we have because we don't know what, how it manifests in our life. We don't know how to define it, differentiate. As each one has received the gift, minister it. The word minister means serve. The purpose of the gifts are to serve, not to be served. Okay? As God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So, when you are serving others with your gift, you are Giving the grace of God. The gifts are the grace of God. And as you serve others with the gift God has given you, you are releasing God's grace into their lives. Amen. Paul expected every Christian to have a gift. Peter expected every Christian to have a gift. Hallelujah. So, if you must fulfill this verse, then you must receive the gifts. Right? It's more than just cooking. It's more than just ushering. It's more than sweeping the floor. We're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about gifts of the Spirit. God wants you to serve others with a spiritual gift or a gift of the Spirit that you have received. Now, the purpose of our study is gifts of the Spirit. Specifically, the nine mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But there are other spiritual gifts which some of you already know you have, and God's purpose is that you serve others with the gift. For example, encouragement, that's also a gift. Exhortation is encouragement. Just to be a friend to someone and encourage someone, telling them, hey, don't give up, we are with you, that's a gift. Leading is a gift. Teaching is a gift. Many in the church have gifts, but they don't realize that God wants them to serve others with the gift. They want to use the gift for their own gain. But the purpose of the gifts God gives us is to serve. And as you serve, God opens up the scope and the vision and the prospects of your life in greater measure. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, charisma, but the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. So, unless you are sensitive to the Spirit, how do you know that manifestation is from the Holy Spirit? Did you follow? Because the source is the same, even though the way it manifests may be different. Some people cry because it's the Holy Spirit, right? But some people cry in the same service through their own emotions. It is soulish. Now, when you are seeing, how do you know which is different? Do you know that there are satanic tongues? That even the evil spirit can manifest evil tongues? So how do you know that particular tongue is from the Holy Spirit and that other tongue is not? Because to the outside, it looks the same. Amen. And that's why you need to know the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There are diversities, differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. The word activities here <clears throat> is the word energema. Which is talking about the energy and the power of the Spirit. Okay, so all of the energy and the power actually comes from God Himself. But it is the same God who works all in all. Amen? Hallelujah. But the manifestations of the Spirit, hallelujah, is given to each one for the profit of all. So, there is great benefit to the gifts of the Spirit. There's a great blessing to the body of Christ. And that's why we must desire it. So let's look at the gifts of the Spirit. First, we're going to begin with the gifts of Revelation. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. The is not there in the Greek. So it should literally read, For to one is given a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom. Write down, a word of wisdom. And the next gift is to another, a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Okay. So these are interconnected. As I teach, I'll be flowing to both wisdom and knowledge. Okay? But when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, there's a big difference between the wisdom that you gain from life experience and from study of books and the wisdom that comes from the Spirit of God. But first, let's look at wisdom and knowledge just for the sake of understanding properly. What is knowledge? Knowledge is facts. Knowledge is accumulation of facts. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the proper application of the facts. Wisdom is to know what to do based on the facts that is before you. That's why you need knowledge and you also need wisdom. Now, the book of Proverbs always talks about three. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is to understand the relationship between different kinds of knowledge, how they are connected, and how it is connected to wisdom, the application of the facts. So you can just memorize science, history, and you have knowledge. But you don't have understanding. Because you don't understand how science is connected to geography, and geography is connected to history, and history is connected to so many other things, right? The connection is brought by understanding. But understanding should lead to wisdom, which means having read all the books about the past, having read all the books about a particular area, about the economy, about money. That means today, for the problem the economy is facing right now, you are able to make the right choice, the right decision, and it brings solution. It brings a blessing. That is wisdom. Wisdom is not just having a lot of knowledge where you can speak philosophically about a lot of things. Wisdom is the correct application of facts. Alright? So, what is a word of wisdom? Let me tell you first what it is not. It is not wisdom that is gained from the study of books. Please write that down. It is not wisdom that is gained from the study of books. 
in a university. Number two, it is not the same as the world's wisdom. Did you follow? When we talk about the gift of the Spirit, which is a word of wisdom, it is not wisdom that is gained by experience. Not from study, not the world's wisdom, not from experience, and not even the wisdom of your parents. So what is a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom is a word. A word. A tiny part of God's total wisdom. Write it down. It is a small part of God's wisdom that he has in his mind. It is not all wisdom. It is a word of wisdom that is a small part. A small part of the whole wisdom that God already has, which he doesn't share all of it to us, but he shares the part that you need to overcome that situation. For example, let's say you're having difficulty in your job. Let's say you're having a problem in your marriage. Let's say you're having a problem in your health, and you're praying and believing, and you're standing in faith, but nothing is happening. So you go to God in prayer. You are seeking God. And as you are seeking God, God gives you a word. A word. God says, stop eating chili. Now if you obey that, that is going to be where your healing comes from. Many times, long time back, while we were in the marriage conference, the Lord spoke to my heart. See your wife as a flower and treat her as a flower. How do you treat a flower? Delicately, tenderly. So that was the wisdom God gave me. The key for how I treat my wife. God did not give me so many instructions, 10 instructions that I'm not able to keep. He gave me just one. One word of wisdom. But that has helped me to perceive my wife, to look at my wife. Even in the times when she doesn't act like a flower. Right? To see her as a flower and to treat her tenderly. I don't do it all the time. But it has helped me to view her the way God wants me to view her. And help me change my attitude towards her. So that's a word of wisdom. Amen. So, write it down. It is a tiny portion of God's total wisdom that is given supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. It is given supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. How? It can come through a picture, it can come through a word, it can come through a verse, it can come through a song, it can come in a dream, it can come while you are prophesying, it can come in a sermon. It's given supernaturally by the Holy Spirit, it is inspired to your spirit, and you will have to learn how to hear from God in order to understand this. Okay, let's go at the Bible and look at some examples. Okay. Luke chapter 5. A word of wisdom. Now, let me differentiate between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom always concerns the future. The future. A word of wisdom will also bring a solution to a problem. A word of knowledge is different. A word of knowledge is concerned with facts. What is knowledge? Facts. What is wisdom? Application. Alright, so a word of knowledge has to do with a fact. A fact. It could be about a person. It could be about a thing. It could be about a church. It could be about a ministry. A fact which has to do with the past or the present. Facts are not for the future, right? The fact is about the past or the present. Knowledge. That's a word of knowledge. So a word of knowledge is... A piece of knowledge that God has all knowledge, but he shares with us a piece of knowledge about a person, about a situation, about a country, about an institution, a church, that is given to us supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. For example, on Sunday, I said, there's someone here, you are struggling with giddiness and headache, right? You all are aware of that? So that is a fact. But... I could not have known that fact naturally. There was no book that I could have read and said, on this day, 
in the Sunday service, this problem will be there. No, it was a fact that was deposited in my spirit by the Holy Spirit at that time. It was not a fact that I heard someone say. It was not from a natural source. It was from a supernatural source. Did you follow that? That's the same way a word of wisdom comes. It's not from talking to people, getting his opinion, getting her opinion, getting everybody's opinion, and coming to the best conclusion. That is not a word of wisdom. Did you follow? Okay. So let's look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, look at verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. That is a word of wisdom. An instruction that comes from Jesus. But Simon answered and said to you, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and the net was breaking. So they signaled to their counterparts in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. That is the effect of a gift of the Spirit. People get shocked. It points people to Christ. It points people to the glory of God. Now, look at this. Peter was working the whole night, fishing the whole night, but he did not catch a single fish. Is that a problem? Yes. It's like opening your shop for one week and no customer. Now, that's a problem. Now, it was not that Peter was lazy. He was fishing the whole night, hard working, and yet no success. See, it's not only how hard you work, but how smart you work also. You need the wisdom of God. So a word of wisdom is a specific instruction that comes from God, which is connected to your problem and to the future. Because the moment Peter obeyed, bang, a great harvest of fish. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Jesus gave him a divine wisdom, a divine direction where to fish. That is a word of wisdom. Hallelujah, a word of wisdom. I shared with a testimony on Sunday how I prayed for this girl, I think about one year back. And when I prayed for her, I was just praying, normal prayer. But as I was praying, I began to sense a certain direction to pray for. Now, that is prophecy because it's inspired utterance. But in the prophecy was a word of wisdom. So you will find that these gifts flow together. As you are prophesying, many times there's a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom that comes together also. In the midst of the prophecy, prophecy is inspired utterance. That you are bubbling up. The words are bubbling up in you and you're speaking through inspired utterance. And there, word of knowledge and word of wisdom can become. So I was praying for this girl and I said this. The Lord will send someone into your life who will help you with all the visa papers <clears throat> that you need to go to where you want to go. Now, it's a specific word. It was for the future. It was not the past. It was not a fact. It was something that God would do. And it was a wisdom given to her to begin to focus on a man that would come and help her. So after that, I did not see her for an entire year. Then she came and told me exactly like how you said I tried here, I tried there, I could not find my visa. But then I met this man. And in my heart, I felt like this man can help me. And this man helped me with all the paperwork, the connections and the recommendations for me to get my visa. So that is what we call a word of wisdom. Can you say amen? Let's look at some more examples. Look at Acts chapter 6. Now in those days... When the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because the widows were neglected in the daily distribution. One of the first problems in the early church, complaining. And guess who they complained against? The apostles. People think, no? I, if you are the perfect church, if you are a good leader, no one should complain about you. Hey, miracles were happening here. Revival was happening. 
Peter, James, John, they were all performing miracles every day. But still people were complaining. Complaining is not a sign that your leadership is bad. We Nagas think, no, hey, complain, complain, complain. So we avoid any situation where people will complain. So we compromise truth so that people will not complain. Which is wrong. There's nothing wrong in people complaining. We just have to teach them not to complain. And solve the problems because there was a problem happening. The church was growing so big that some of the Hellenists began to complain. Hellenists were Greek Jews. Jews who were in Greek but now they were in Jerusalem because the work of revival, they were getting, becoming Christians. They were staying back. They complained that they were widows who were neglected in the distribution of food and clothes. And it's obvious it happens because the church is growing big. If you are a church of 50, less problems, less complaints. When the church becomes bigger, more complaints, more problems. You know why? Everyone comes with problems. So there's nothing wrong in people complaining when the church grows. It's a part of the process. Just recently during Father's Day, some fathers did not get seat in the front, and so they complained. I was like, hey, it's a good thing. You didn't get seat, which means a lot of people came. Right? We only look at the problem. We don't see the positive side. The positive side is that the church was growing and some people were obviously being neglected because no one is perfect. You cannot see everyone. Which means what? There is now a need for wisdom to handle the growth. It's a good problem. So they began to seek God. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So we are the ones who are supposed to pray for you, preach the word. We can't stop doing that and start serving food and cooking. So we need to find people who can do that. Therefore, brethren, verse 3, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. All right? But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and so on and so on. And they brought all lived these, verse 6, before the apostles, when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, verse 7. Look at the result. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. This was definitely a word of wisdom from God, because look at the fruit. The church began to grow more. More people were saved. The word of God began to multiply. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So this is what we call a word of wisdom. In the midst of a problem, there was a word that came from God. Appoint seven deacons. Set them over the work of ministry. And that word of wisdom solved problems. Amen? Alright, let's go on. Acts chapter 8. Examples of a word of wisdom. Acts chapter 8. Verse 26. A word of wisdom always has to do with the future. Acts chapter 8 verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all the treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29. Then the spirit said to Philip, said to Philip, this is a word of wisdom. Go near and overtake his chariot. Now, it came as a very simple instruction. Go near and overtake his chariot. The Holy Spirit did not say, I'm giving you a word of wisdom, so be ready, okay. It was just a very simple instruction, which he, if he applied it, it was the wisdom of the spirit. Remember, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the application, the correct application of facts. Knowledge that will bring the desired result. Alright? Now, the problem is, you don't have the knowledge of all the facts. Who has the knowledge? God. So God wants to give you the instruction, the wisdom, that if you will follow it, it will bring the right result. So he gives you a word, a word, 
that if you are humble and obedient to follow it, it brings results. So we know this story. This Ethiopian was saved. Amen. Divine direction that came from the Holy Spirit to Philip. A wisdom. And when he applied that, when he obeyed that, the result was that this man got saved. Hallelujah. That's a word of wisdom. Go to another part of scripture. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Are you there? Verse 9. The next day, as they went on the journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they met ready, he fell into a trance. And so heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and led down to the earth. And it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Right? Next look at the next verse. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision meant and what he had seen, behold, the man who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked for Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Ah, now this is a word of knowledge and also a word of wisdom. The Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. What is that? Three men. It's a fact. Was there any way that Peter could know that three men were seeking him? Was there CCTV? Peter had no idea. The Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit gave knowledge. So that's a word of knowledge. Now let's look at the next. Verse 20. This is a word of wisdom. Now it came in the same moment. A word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is this. Three men are seeking you. It's a fact of a present situation. Verse 20. Arise therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So what is Paul's, what is Peter's instruction now? What is the wisdom from God? Don't doubt, go with them. That is a word of wisdom. Did you get it? Do not doubt, but go with them. So Peter went after them, followed them, went to the household of Cornelius, preached the gospel, and Cornelius and his household got saved. So a word of wisdom came to Peter about people that God wanted to save. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, the Lord said to him in a vision. What is a vision? A vision is images and pictures you see. So the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Now listen carefully. Understand what was said. Arise, go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. Now, what is this? Word of knowledge or word of wisdom? Now, what did God tell Ananias? Go to the street called Straight. That's an address. What is an address? An address is a fact. Go to the street called Straight and there is a house there owned by a man called Judas. So, address name of a person, and also a person inside that house, and his name is Saul. And that person is from Tarsus. So let's say you're praying, and then the Holy Spirit says, go to the village called Nerema. Go to the house of Rocco. Yes, this is what it is. Go to the house of Rocco. There is someone in that house called Balasubramaniam. <laughs> There's someone in the house called Balasubramaniam and he's praying. Now what would that be? Word of knowledge. Because it is knowledge. It is facts revealed supernaturally. 
facts that are revealed supernaturally. When I came back from Singapore after attending the first conference of the supernatural, the first Sunday as I was preaching, I got a word of knowledge. And that word of knowledge came in a picture. A picture inside my heart. Very faint. It was a vision. An internal vision. And I saw a shoulder. I did not hear a word. I did not hear shoulder. I saw a picture of a shoulder. It was not in three dimension. It was not in, how would I say it? Color. It was not very clear. And it did not remain long. It just came and left. Very faint. But it was a word of knowledge. And in that picture, God was telling me, someone here with a shoulder problem. So, I gave the word. Once the word comes, you must release it. So I gave the word. There's someone here with a shoulder problem. And a young girl came up. Prayed for her. She cried. And then she went back to her seat. I had no idea what happened. Well, after a few weeks, we got a testimony that this girl had this pain in her shoulder from the time of her birth. It affected her so much that she could not study for her exams many times. And this pain was always there. That she, it was even causing her to be and to be suicidal. But that day, after I gave a word of knowledge and prayed, she got healed instantly. Now, a word of knowledge, it was a supernatural revelation of a fact in someone's life in the congregation, which I had no idea. Now, that's a word of knowledge. All right, let's go on. Verse 12. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. What is this? Word of knowledge or word of wisdom? Word of wisdom. God is telling him, now Ananias, I want you to go and lay hands on him. Alright? Let's go on reading. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. What is this? Word of wisdom. Why? It's to do with Paul's future. Is to do with his calling as an apostle. So it was a word in the mind of God that was revealed to Ananias, which Ananias had no way of knowing through natural means. So when Ananias obeyed this instruction, he was able to go and be a blessing to Paul's life. So you see here in the revelation that Ananias had, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So a word of wisdom is to do with knowledge and facts about the present or the past. A word of wisdom has to do with the future. Alright? Let's look at another example. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right? So, that is the operation of a word of wisdom. Paul was obeying the command of Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So Paul wanted to go into Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbade him. Now Paul did not just sit and do nothing. Well, if I can't go here, Paul said, I'm going to go here. So he tried to go to Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit said no. So passing by Troas, they came down. To a place called Troas. And in that place. In night. A vision of the night. Which is a dream. A man of Macedonia came to Paul in his dream. And said come and help us. Now a word of wisdom can come in a dream also. So what did Paul conclude? Paul concluded this. God wants us to go to Macedonia. 
So from there, they changed the direction of the missionary journey and they went west. And since then, the gospel has been going west. From there, they went to Europe and the gospel from there, it kept on going westwards. That's a word of wisdom. Now, what happened when Paul followed this word of wisdom? When he went west, it opened up a great door for the preaching of the gospel to these regions. Understand this. This is very important for you to understand. A word of wisdom can open doors that all your hard work could never open. A word of wisdom can open doors for spiritual progress that has been eluding you, stopping you all the time that you're just believing. A word of wisdom can bring business success. A word of wisdom can bring ministry success. A word of wisdom. That's why the gift becomes so important. So this same girl comes to me three months back and he asked me for prayer because now she got a visa and she needs to go to this country. So as I'm praying for her, I get the word of wisdom. You're going to be there for three months. It's to do with the future. And when you are there, God will bring connections to you that will help you in your business. And when you are there, God will speak to you also about your future spouse. How did I get that word? It was just inspired in my heart. As I'm praying, I'm getting the word. So I just speak it over her life. She was a little confused because her visa was only for one month. But I said three months. But she took the word and she went. And when she went there, she was able to extend her visa to three months. And while she was there, God spoke to her heart about her future spouse. What is this? This is called word of wisdom. Because that word helped her to connect her heart and her faith to what I said. And as she believed it, it came to pass in her life. It has to do with her future. It has to do with the business. It has to do with the call of God upon her life. And I've had several of these. When I pray for people, I get words of wisdom about what they are called and what they should do at times. It's as the Holy Spirit leads. A word of wisdom. A word of wisdom can just open doors that were closed all the years. So, when you are in pastoral ministry, this gift is very important because it will help you to counsel and give advice to the sheep. We're talking about supernatural counseling, not just counseling from textbooks. A word of wisdom. It's a supernatural revelation of the wisdom in the mind of God, about the situation, about the person, that's to do with the future. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me give you another example. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 6. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth then chance would hear the word of the gospel and believe. So these were having a problem about the law. Should the Gentiles be preached to Gentiles? I mean, should the gospel be preached to Gentiles? Should the Gentiles keep the law? So how did they solve this first doctrinal problem in the early church? It was by a word of wisdom. Look at verse 22 onwards. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. Okay? So, later on it says in verse 28, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. How did they solve the problem? It was by a word of wisdom. The Holy Spirit said, do this. So when they followed the instruction of the Holy Spirit, it was the wisdom of God. And the correct application of wisdom brings results. In the year 1998, I was leading a youth ministry here in Kohima. And we were doing crusades all over town, 
we were doing evangelism in different colonies. So one month, we focused on this area, PWD, Chanmari. We went house to house, sharing the gospel and getting people filled with the Holy Spirit and praying for healing. And the strategy was this. We'll go to every house in the colony, we will share the gospel, and then we will have a crusade at the end for three nights. But as we were going, we were confused. Where do we have the crusade? There's no hall. Other colonies had halls. We did crusade in those halls. But in this area, there's no hall. How do we gather people? I did not know. So we were confused. We could not decide. So as I was praying, one day the Holy Spirit said, take your car and drive around the colony. So I took my car. It was a gypsy in those days. And I took my friend and we drove around Chan Marie, PW. We just drove around, just drove around and just seeking the Lord. Then suddenly, I saw it, the wisdom of God, a word of wisdom. I got a picture in my heart. Three different colonies. I'm sorry, three different junctions. One was the junction up here, PWD. The other one was the junction down there in Chanmari where all the taxis gather. And the other junction was the junction here, the Porter Lane Junction. These three different junctions, in my heart, I saw a picture of crowds worshipping God in these three different junctions. That's a word of wisdom. So I said, I know what to do. We will have crusade in these three different junctions. So we did. We organized three nights. First night down there in Chanmari. Second night down here in Portland. Third night up there in PWD Junction. We had three different crusades. All crusades, it was packed. Full of young people. Hundreds gave their life to the Lord. And the result was that we got hundreds of people saved, filled with the Spirit and healed. Why? The wisdom came from God. A word. It was just a word, a small picture. This is what you do. How did it come to my heart? It was not a thundering, booming voice. It was just a picture in my heart as I was driving. I just saw it. Very faint, but I knew it was from God. Supernatural sharing of the Holy Spirit. When we obeyed that instruction, we saw tremendous fruit and result. A word of wisdom. A word of wisdom will cause you to find success in your life. It will accelerate you. 2019. Also 2020 it was. 2020 or 21, I forget. I gone to Hyderabad for a meeting. And while they was there, I was also praying and seeking God for finances. Lord, I need some finances because I had some projects, personal projects I wanted to do. I needed about 7 to 8 lakh rupees. So I was just seeking God, believing God, asking. Then, a word of wisdom came. A word of wisdom. And the word of wisdom was this. Give this man 50,000 rupees. I want. God is saying, give. So I just checked my heart. I had a lot of peace. I questioned God in my heart again and again. I didn't just impulsively act. I kept on searching my heart. Is this from you, Lord? I shared to my wife. She agreed. And so I just checked my heart, checked my heart, and I just felt peace, peace. The more I thought about it, the more peace I had. So I knew it was from God. So I sent 50,000 rupees. Just as a blessing, as a gift. It was a word of wisdom, something that I must do. I came back. I was preaching in church on Sunday. After I preached, this man came up to me and said, Hey, I just want to give you this. So it was plastic bag. I don't know what's inside. So I just took it to my room, opened it. Five lakh rupees was inside. Five lakhs. And then other money came in, two or three lakhs. And I was able to do my project. Word of wisdom. I'm thinking even now this. If I did not give the 50,000, what would have happened? <laughs> a word of wisdom is a supernatural direction that comes from God. That when we obey, it unlocks keys to our future. It shows us things about the future. A word of wisdom. When my wife was in class 10 or 11, and I was leading that youth group, one day we had a Christmas celebration in our house there. 1998, I think. We were not married there. We did not even know we would be married. We just had a Christmas celebration. So during that Christmas celebration, that's the young people, my wife, who was not my wife then, she said, I want to go to the bathroom. So she went to the bathroom. While she was going to the bathroom, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. 
this is going to be your house. That's a word of wisdom. So now that gave her a direction of where her life was heading. A word of wisdom is always to do with the future. So we must seek and desire because that will help you to connect with what God has for your future. A word of wisdom can come through friends. It can come through a dream. It can come in your time of prayer. It can come through someone praying for you. Amen. And the word wisdom is powerful. Because that wisdom of God is the key to unlock. Do you know that your financial prosperity depends on the wisdom from God? Your ministry, the opening is a key from God. You have to seek the word from God. You have to seek that key. Yes, you believe in the word, you're obeying what the word says, but then you have to seek that word from the spirit also. In 1997, after I came back from Singapore, my father got diagnosed with cancer. And I wanted to be in the ministry, but I also had to go and be with him for his treatment in Chennai. So while I was there, we were staying in a guest house. And while we were going to the guest house, I saw a poster. And that poster was advertising special prayer meetings by a speaker from America. And it was very near the guest house. So I decided next morning I'm going to go for the prayer meeting because I was always hungry for the things of God. So I just went, showed up in the prayer meeting. Only about 20 people were there. This man from America was teaching. He was an older man. But he was a very good teacher, except that there were very few people in the prayer meeting. I was just sitting at the back, listening to him. And at the end, he finished. Then he came to me, and he began to prophesy. So that prophecy is a gift, an inspired utterance. But in that inspired utterance was word of wisdom for my life, just like Paul's life. He spoke to me. This is what God has called you for. This is what your ministry is going to be. So it was a word of wisdom because it pointed me to my future. A specific word. But it came in the vehicle of a prophecy. You follow, right? This is coffee inside, but it's inside the cup. So this is the prophecy. But the word of wisdom was in the prophecy. So that's how the gifts work. Sometimes the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge is in the prophecy. Sometimes the healing is in the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge, you believe it, the healing comes. So that same evening, I went to another prophet's house seeking prayer for my father, Ezekiah Francis. How many of you have heard his name? I went to his house. In those days, he was not so famous. And the moment he saw me, he started prophesying over me. I went to pray for my father, but he spent half an hour prophesying over me. And he said the same prophecy, the same word as this man said in the morning. The same word. So he was prophesying, but in the prophecy was a word of wisdom for my life. And whatever he said has come to pass in my life. It's working in my life today. That's a word of wisdom. See, a word of wisdom is to do with the future. Now, many people confuse. They think prophecy is always making predictions for the future, right? That's not prophecy. The basic gift of prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. But in the gift of prophecy, there is a word of wisdom which applies to the future. Amen. So earnestly desire the gifts for great breakthrough will come in your life. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. 
you can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.